0: Well, if you brought your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of uh, Philemon. Turn to the book of Philemon. Philemon is kindly tucked in there at the end of Titus, right before the book of Hebrews. Just one chapter, 25 verses. Very important book, and we'll see the significance of this book in just a few minutes. The book of Philemon, or Philemon. As I began to prepare my sermon for this morning, I found myself asking a a question to God. I, I said, God, why am I having to preach a sermon encouraging Christians to forgive? You know, there's some things that Christians should not be reminded of so often there's some things that that we do just simply because we know that that's what God wants us to do if you've been a Christian at least two for at least two years and you've been coming to this church since you became a Christian then no doubt you should know by now you should have grown spiritually enough by now to know that God would have us as Christians to forgive. For a Christian, failure to forgive is nothing more than just disobedience. For a Christian, failure to forgive is really unthinkable. I don't care what the offense is. God expects us as Christians to forgive. How many times do we forgive? That was asked of Jesus. Seventy times seven. Jesus saying, listen, it's an endless number of times that you forgive. Well, why? Because God has forgiven us and we'll continue to forgive as we're faithful to be forgiven. He forgives us, then we're to forgive. Now, our culture says different. Our culture says don't forgive. Our culture says you have a right to get even. Our culture says you have a right to sue. Did you know that there are more attorneys, more lawyers today in law school than all the other professions combined? The culture says, you have a right to sue. You ought to blame someone else for your responsibility and make sure they pay for what they've done to you. Now, Christian, we need to remember that if we don't forgive that there's four things that will happen. You might want to jot these down. Number one: forgive unforgiveness. Will imprison you in your past. Unforgiveness will imprison you in your past. Unforgiveness will enshackle you. Unforgiveness will keep your pain alive. Unforgiveness will keep the sore open. Unforgiveness will keep the wound from healing. You'll go through life remembering the bad and the painful and the hurt. And soon it will rob you of the joy of living. And the question is, what good is that? To live a life like that. Forgiveness sets you free from your past. As soon as you forgive, it's gone. The very moment that you forgive, it's gone. And so please remember that unforgiveness will imprison you in your past. Secondly, jot this down. Unforgiveness always produces bitterness. Unforgiveness always produces bitterness. The longer you remember an offense that's done to you, the more that you recite From memory, that offense, to a neighbor or to a friend, to an associate. The more that you accumulate the data, the more that that hurt occupies your thinking, the more bitter you'll become. And then this bitterness begins to affect your whole personality. Your entire personality and you become sarcastic and then you become condemning, and then you have this negative disposition about you it becomes listen it becomes more than sin it becomes an infection uh, you become angry, you become revengeful uh. Well, really to the point that your old self gains control of you and you're not led anymore by the Holy Spirit. You're led primarily by self, by the flesh. I see this a lot of times in marriages. Uh, When two Christians marry one another, now notice here what I'm saying, when two Christians marry one another, they should never be divorced. When two Christians marry one another, they should never separate. They should have a happy relationship. Now, when I got married, I married a sinner. But guess what Judy did? She married a sinner too. And that makes it impossible for us not to offend one another. I will offend her from time to time. She will offend me from time to time. But where forgiveness operates, an offense is there only for a moment. The offense is there only for a short time. But listen, when there's no forgiveness, then there's bitterness. And then the affection is cut off, the kindness is cut off, and you look for a way to get back or you look for a way to get out. But forgiveness replaces all of that with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness will imprison you. Unforgiveness will produce bitterness in your life. Number three, unforgiveness gives Satan an open door in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just jot this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh... I'm sorry. Pull the wrong scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to verse 10. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I... It in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The devil, the moment that you began to refuse to forgive, the devil moves in on an unforgiving heart. Now, most of the ground that Satan gains in our life as a Christian is due to unforgiveness. And so unforgiveness will produce bitterness, but it also, unforgiveness gives Satan an open door. But I jotted down the fourth. Unforgiveness hinders your fellowship with God. The Bible says, If you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive men, then your Father will refuse to forgive you. So what that simply means is this. If I'm not right with you, then I'm not right with God. Unforgiveness hinders my fellowship with God. So, why would I not want to be right with God? Why would I want to miss the maximum blessings that God has for me? I mean, when you think about that, that I'm willing to ref- re uh, I- I'm willing to to, to not receive the maximum blessings, that's kind of idiotic. That's kind of really foolish. It's really just stupid to think that I'd rather not forgive someone than to receive the blessings that God has for me. And so if you refuse to forgive as a Christian, you're shackled to your past, you become bitter, it gives Satan an open door, and it hinders your fellowship with God. And with all of that in mind, God devotes one book, Philemon. He, he devotes one book to forgiveness, only 25 verses. And he tells how, how it's our spiritual duty as Christians to forgive. Let me give you some backgrounds about the book. Turn to Philemon. Now, as you read the book, the man's name is Philemon, lived in Colossae. His wife was Aphia. They had a son. Their son's name was Archippus. They had a house, and it was in their house and where the church met in Colossae. They had a slave, and the slave's name was Onesimus. Now, Philemon was a good master, but Onesimus wanted his freedom, and so he decided to run away. But before he ran away, he took some things that belonged to Philemon, and then he runs away. He runs to Rome. When he gets to Rome, he begins to live a life just kind of like a street person. He lives his life on the street. And all of a sudden, one day, he heard a guy preaching, and this guy's name was Paul. And Paul led Onesimus to the Lord. He leads him to Christ. And Paul finds out who his master is. He finds out that his master is Philemon. And so he sends Onesimus back to Philemon with this letter, Philemon, the book of Philemon. A letter of Philemon. He sends it back uh, to Philemon, Anisimus back to Philemon with this letter and he is asking in this letter for, uh, for Philemon to forgive Anisimus. Now don't forget this that Paul is asking Philemon to forgive a person who had already done his part. He'd already repented of what he had done against Philemon. And so he's coming back and he's asking Philemon to forgive him after he'd repented from what he had done to Philemon. Now, God has done his work in Onesimus and now it's time for Philemon to do his work. And Paul is addressing this. And so this morning, I want us to look at verses 4 through 7 to see the spiritual character of a person who forgives. Look at verse 4. Paul says to Philemon, he says, I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. He said, every time I pray about you, it's with thanksgiving. I thank my God every time I think about you. It's like I would say, you know, Brother Mike, Writing Mike Norton a letter, Every time I think about you, I just thank God for you. Be next every time I, I pray and think about you, I just thank God for you. Brother Danny, I just thank God for you. Do people feel that way about you? That when they pray, all of a sudden God puts you on their heart and they just say, you know, I thank God for so-and-so, so-and-so. That's how he felt toward Philemon. He thanked God for him. Every time your name is mentioned, I just say, thank you, God, for Philemon. I don't know any negatives about you, Philemon. I just thank my God for you. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, Hearing of my love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Hearing, that word hearing there literally means to continue hearing. In other words, every time I hear, I continually hear good things about you, positive things about you. I mean, all that he heard about his theology was good. All that he heard about his home was good. All that he heard about his son was good. All that he heard about his marriage was good. So everything I hear about you makes me say, Thank God for Philemon. I thank you, God, for Philemon. Now, what did he hear about Philemon? Well, first of all, he had a concern for the Lord. A person who is willing to forgive will have a concern for the Lord. Now, the first thing that I hear about you is that you have a true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What he said. In verse 5, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. The first thing I hear about you is that you have a true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I can ask you to forgive Onesimus because you're concerned about the Lord. I know I can ask you to forgive because you're concerned about the Lord. You have a true faith in the Lord Jesus. You're a genuine, real Christian, Philemon. I mean, you're for real. There's nothing fake about you because you have a concern for the Lord. You have a concern for the Lord. And because you have a concern for the Lord, you have the ability to forgive. And so, a forgiver, first of all, is a Christian. Now I want you to contrast what he's saying about Philemon and I want you to look at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Jot down verse 10 and following. Romans 3 verse 10. Paul says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. I want you to see the contrast. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongues they have used to see. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And so you have a contrast for the non-Christian, the unbeliever. Notice their nature, notice their characteristics, notice their disposition. They're not good, but they're wicked, they're sinful, they're unrighteous. Even their good that they do is bad. And then look at verse 13. In Romans 3, their throat is an open supplicant, an open grave. They open their mouth and filth and stench and rottenness comes out of their mouth. Bible says that their lips are, are filled with poison. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. There is no forgiveness whatsoever in their life. Nothing but vengeance and anger and hate and hostility. And they will kill you if they get a chance. Verse 15. They're swift to shed blood. However, those who have reconciled with God are prepared to forgive. So a forgiving person is a Christian. And secondly, a forgiving person has a concern for people. Look at verse 5 in Philemon. Philemon's verse 5. There are Verse 5 says, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. You love the saints, Philemon. You love them. Agape love. That self-sacrificing love. It's not what you can get out of the saints, but it's what you can do for the saints. You have a self-sacrificing love for the saints. Turn over past Hebrews to James and then Peter and 1 John, 2 John. Look at 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse 14. 1 John 3 14. We know that we've passed from death unto life. We know that we've been saved because we love the brethren. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. He that loveth not his brother has never been saved. We know we've been passed from death into life. So if you're born again, you'll love the brethren. Philemon, I mean, you forgive because you love people, you're a forgiver. But I noticed something else. As a forgiver, you're concerned about the fellowship. Notice he says there in verse 5, hearing of thy love and faith, in Philemon verse 5, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and to all the saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. You're concerned about the fellowship. You love the saints. You have, you, know, you have a true saving faith, you have the spiritual love, you have a desire for fellowship, your faith pursues fellowship. If you're a Christian, you care about the fellowship. You're concerned about the fellowship. You forgive because you're concerned about the fellowship. You say, I want to forgive because I don't want to cause chaos in the body of Christ. I want to forgive because I want to to bring harmony to the church and peace to the church and unity to the church. The Christian says, I care about the fellowship. So you have a concern for the fellowship. And then a person that has the characteristic of a forgiver is is concerned about knowledge. Look at verse 6. He speaks about the knowledge. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. When you became a Christian, God put good things in you. The Bible puts it this way. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So how do I know about the good things that are in me? Do I read about them? Does someone tell me about them? No, you experience the good things. You experience the good things. Philemon, if you forgive this guy, if you forgive Onesimus, you will experience this good thing called forgiveness. You'll know what it's like to forgive someone, you'll experience it firsthand. You'll have the knowledge of forgiveness. And friends, you can study about forgiveness, and you can read about forgiveness. And you can hear sermon after sermon preached about forgiveness. But until you forgive, you'll never understand what forgiveness is like. You'll have the knowledge then of forgiveness. If you really want to know the blessings of forgiveness, then forgive. Then I jotted down another characteristic of a forgiver. They forgive for Christ's sake, not for their sake. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such a one as of Paul the aged and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I forgive because of Christ's sake, the Greek says unto Christ. In other words, Philemon, I know you'll forgive for Christ's sake. You do it unto Him. You do it because of Him. If you want to honor Christ, then you'll forgive as Christ forgives you. Right? Isn't that what we do? So the one who forgives is concerned for the Lord They're concerned for the people. They're concerned for the fellowship. They're concerned for this deep experiential knowledge. And they're concerned about the glory of the Lord. And anybody who loves the Lord Jesus, anybody who loves the saints and the fellowship and the true knowledge and the glory of Christ and loves to be a blessing, will be a forgiver. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come to you this morning, I thank you for each person that's here. Thank you for taking this book, Lord, the book of Philemon. Thank you for taking this book, a book about forgiveness, a short book, one chapter, 25 verses. Thank you for revealing to us the characteristics of a forgiver. Help us to understand today, Lord that forgiveness, unforgiveness, will imprison us. And unforgiveness will produce bitterness. And unforgiveness will give Satan an open door in our life. And unforgiveness will hinder our fellowship with God. So help us to realize today as Christians, Lord, that we're to forgive. And we're to forgive because you have forgiven us. Help us to experience the knowledge of forgiveness. I pray for each person here this morning. And Father, I pray that as your word goes out, I know it will touch the hearts that are here and it will not return void. It will accomplish what you mean for it to accomplish. I pray for each person here. Thank you for what you're going to do in our invitation time. And we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Max.